I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, it's the Prestige TV pod. My name is Bill Simmons. I'm here with Chris Ryan and Joanna Robinson. We're going to talk about a wonderful show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, where do you stand on this theme song? Oh, it's amazing. It's the guy from Shudder to Think. Were you ever Shudder to Think guy or was that more Joe House? That was more Joe House. Um, yeah, I bet. What year do you think that theme song would have come out in real life? Because I'm thinking like 1990, 91 range. Oh, I was going to say oh, 93, 94. I think go it's later. a little bit later. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I feel like it has a little bit of the electronica revolution to it. You know? Oh, interesting. So like 95 yeah. range. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we're talking about Yellow Jackets. We're nine episodes in. We want to do this before the season finale. And I had been texting with Joanna a few times about it. And it was like a smoldering fire. And we were wondering... Will the fire blow up before we do this podcast? Joanna, it did. It, it did. Episode nine was everything we wanted. I, you texted us yellow jackets with what? Four exclamation marks, Chris? Is that how many were? <laughs> I we're think after so, them? yeah. Yeah. So what what inspired the four exclamation marks for you, Bill? In this you episode? know what I almost did was was text you guys at 1130 at night. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, Joanna might get freaked out. She hasn't been working with us that long. She doesn't know how I operate. But <laughs> I'll text I watched her, her at 930 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought 930 a.m. was better. I watched it Saturday night and I was like, from the from the first basically the scene where they just get into it and Shauna stabs her lover and we're just off and we get a mushroom fever dream and we get people getting chased and people lose their virginity. And it seems like we're going to get our first murder on the Island, not the Island, the wilderness. And we're just off. Chris, is this, 
What's going on here? Is this a fever dream? Is there supernatural forces on the island? What's your take? Are they just losing it or is there something else going on? I mean, I think that they're pretty potent mushrooms and mushrooms can feel pretty supernatural. Uh, But yeah, I don't think that there is like a, a, you know, wilderness god whispering to them or some sort of druid force moving through them. I think that this is just isolation, puberty, hormones, mushrooms, and losing hope that you'll get rescued. And Lottie offer meds. That's a key component. And Lottie offer meds. Yeah. Lottie running out of the loxapine. Um, yeah, I, that's the Lottie is really the only question. I think that's the only like, does she have some sort of premonition, especially since they show it in that flashback origin story of the car crash for her? I, they're trying to sort of seed in a potential supernatural element. I would prefer there not be. I would prefer it would be the exact cocktail Chris described. Um, that would be my preference for the show. Uh, that that everything is So you don't want any by... polar bears. You don't want any others. You don't no want smoke any... monsters. No, yeah. just like make it, you know, what happens to your mind when a bunch of teenage girls are, are stuck together in the wilderness, you know? I think that's important because I feel like it's too much on Lost Corner if we get too supernatural with the forest. With yeah. that said, something's going on because when Thaisa was in the on the tree thinking her lover was getting eaten by a wolf and now it's like I'm not 100% positive that happened. Are we positive right. she was attacked by an animal? Like what what do we think happened? Cuz that I feel like all bets are off now with the show after nine episodes. Things they're showing us, I don't know if I believe Necessarily, you think it's that an unreliable happen. narrator show. Yeah, uh, it's an unreliable, which are the most frustrating shows for me because I like I like things cut and dry. I like you to walk me through. I don't want to have the unreliable narrator where I'm like, wait, did that? Are we yeah. sure? But I don't know. What do you think? I think it's good to question everything that you're seeing. I think they're doing a lot of heavy handed misdirect in the present. That's the only place I get a little frustrated sometimes when I feel like they walk us way far down a path before we get a reversal. There are reversals I love though, like in this episode when um Shauna's husband Jeff, like we that whole thing worked really well for me, partly because of that actress performance of the line read, There's No Book Club, which was <laughs> an iconic Yellow Jackets line read. Um but that that works <laughs> for me. There's no book club. <laughs> There's no book club. <laughs> um but some of the other stuff, like some of the stuff around, I mean, maybe we'll still find out that there's something going on with Adam, the uh, amorous mechanic, as you called him, Bill. Um, but, you know, there's just there's a lot of they're really trying to pull you in different directions. But it's a it's a fun conspiracy theory show. That's that's what it's here to do, I suppose. Chris, what's your favorite thing about this show? Because I, I almost felt like I should have probably started there. I, I think for me, if it was a seesaw of being in the wilderness versus being in 2021. I'm actually more interested in the wilderness. And I, I agree with what Joanna said. It's It might be a little too much present, but I also think they have these great actors and they want to take advantage of them. But the, the dynamics on, uh, it, I guess we'll call it the forest or the wherever we're in Canada, whatever you want to call it. The dynamics, especially watching the people subtly turn on each other watching what's happening with Jackie the last couple episodes. For whatever reason, I'm way more interested in that. What do you, Where does your take between those two worlds? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for any kind of like, we need to build, rebuild some sort of society out here where we've been stranded. So I always am fascinated by the Lord of the Flies element where you're like, oh, you know, like who's doing their chores and how Jackie kind of, who maybe had some juice in high school now has become kind of useless 
out in the wilderness because she doesn't want to do any of, of, of the sort of manual labor. Do you, you think that would I happen? Think, do you think that would happen to Sean if we all crashed in the wilderness? Like Sean immediately becomes Jackie. So it depends on how much battery power he has on his MacBook Air to keep <laughs> logging the movies he's watching. Because I've been with Sean where you're just like, hey man, you want to go, you know, we're in New Orleans. You want to go get beignets? And he's just like, I have to record that I saw three films last night. Hold on, you know? <laughs> uh but, uh, you know, like, I, I definitely, like, I really love the forest stuff. And then I also love the metatextual Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis engaging with their sort of oh my God. Uh, iconic 90s uh, status mm. as people who are sort of, like, grappling with whether their lives turned out the way they wanted them to. What's your answer, Joanna? I've, I mean, I think I, I do love watching what is powerful in quote unquote civilization and what is power in the woods. I thought that was really great. That line from Lottie, which is what you're, what did she say in this episode? Something like you, you don't have any power here. Something, yeah. something akin to the line. I from thought Labyrinth. She, wasn't she like, you're, you're done here. It was almost like you're, she didn't say it this way, but your way of doing things yeah. is over out here. Yeah. Like you don't, you know, like you don't get to have first crack at the only young man on the island of, of uh, <laughs> consenting age. And so all, all of that stuff I think is really, really interesting to me. I'm obsessed with what Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis are doing, um, let alone Melanie Linsky. Um, and one fun game I think that people are playing in terms of, because we don't know how many other survivors there might be out there. They've left that intentionally yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. So I think a fun game that people have been playing is trying to figure out what other sort of iconic 90s actresses they could cast as some of these other people who might have survived. Oh wow, give us a couple of choices. I will tell you my favorite. I only I only wrote down my favorite which is um Robin Tunney of the Craft and Empire Records fame as like an adult Jackie. If Jackie survives, which right. she's, she's she's pretty high on my death pool list, but if she survives somehow and her parents don't know, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Robin Tunney. I I like that answer. Do well, you I mean, that's the, an inc- the, incredible idea. Yeah. The highest upside one would be Sarah Michelle Gellar. Ooh, if get we Buffy really in wanted there? to go, yeah, if we really wanted to go Absolutely. full throttle, because Juliet Lewis and Christina Ricci are kind of mid to late nineties. Oh, geez, I, I'm so impressed by how well they did the casting with the young and the old. I think that's so hard to do, and we've seen that go badly so many different times with so many different movies and shows. And in this one, especially the Shauna one's the best one. Yeah, you could tell me like that was. That was Melanie Linsky's daughter. And I'd be like, totally makes sense. But everything, even like her faces, I don't even know how they pulled that off where the expressions and the the demeanor and kind of the way they carry themselves is so similar. You almost wonder if like Melanie Linsky spent time with the younger actress and like tried to learn her mannerisms. I read an interview with Courtney Eaton who plays Lottie um, in Vulture. I think it dropped last night because it was about this episode. Um, and she said that that some of that uh, was happening on set, like Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays young Taisa. She watched footage of how Tawny Cypress ate dirt so that they ate dirt the same way. Mm, like yeah. they are really trying. And I think um, – Sophie Nalise, I think, is the name of the actress playing young Shauna. She's doing Melanie Linsky's voice, as is the actress who's doing young Juliet Lewis. Like, they're changing their voices a little. So I think they are really consciously trying to match those performances. But something that Courtney Eaton said is, you know, leaving it ambiguous about whether or not there ever would be an adult Lottie that we haven't seen yet. But she was like, whoever that would be would then have to study my performance, which is kind of fun, yeah. you know, because the younger girls have been studying the older, older women to match them. So someone else would have to come in and match her, what she's established, which I think would be interesting. 
Well, if somebody was coming back, I think it would have to be somebody that we have established at least some semblance of a relationship with in the first nine episodes. And there's a school of thought. If you go, Yellow Jackets read it pretty strong. Some good conspiracy theories in there. but uh, Also some incredible memes on that. Yeah, on Reddit. Just like, they, just oh, yeah. Really the, work. The, the, one the of the better line, Reddit pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would think it's one of the three. It's either the goalie who's who's in the relationship with Thaisa. It's Damn. Lottie. Yeah. Jackie's the odds-on favorite. And on that Reddit thing, they had a whole thing about they show her diary and it's like these different pages of things. And one of the things is about movies and movie characters she loves. And one of the movie characters is Titanic and Rose, which is a movie that came out in like 97, but the show is supposed to take, it's rooted in 96. So people are like, that's too, that's too much of an oversight. They're not doing the diary with the amount of time and care and oversight this show has. They're not fucking that up where it's like, oh shit, that's right. Titanic was in 1997, not 95. I don't see them making that mistake. So that feels like either it's a red herring or it's there's something there. Jackie's parents definitely think she's dead. So maybe she died after they got back from the wilderness, possibly, right? Yeah, it's or, possible. Like maybe yeah. she has injuries or something. Yeah. But how would she have had Titanic in the diary? See, this is this is the great thing about this show. It's, See, it's, I actually think Jackie makes it because I I mean, yes, Jackie's parents know she's dead, but like there's something where they've been like leaning so heavily into it, it being Jackie is the odd one out and Jackie doesn't have a contemporary counterpart that it almost seems like too obvious for that to be the one. Yeah. But I don't have like I I mean maybe it's Lottie, maybe it's Maybe it's Thais's girlfriend on the on the island. I'm not sure, but yeah. My so you know the Reddit is convinced, and I'm convinced with them that there will be a reveal at the reunion. Like if they all go to the reunion in the finale, which seems like they're going to, that that that's where they might see a one character at least that we haven't seen yet as an adult. And I I'm I'm voting for Van, the goalie. Bill told me I should keep my eye on the goalie the first time <laughs> we recorded. So Van. You know, Tice's girlfriend, Liv Hewson, great uh, Santa Clara. And well, there she is because she'll have a nice scar on her left cheek. So yeah. like, oh, that's her. Uh, yeah. that, you'll yeah. immediately know. Yeah. Um, listen, it's awesome that we're doing this pod and that this show is good enough to do a pod about because on paper, I was pretty skeptical. We're going back and forth. It feels a little close to lost, like being trapped in the woods, the forest, whatever again. You have old actors and young actors, and then you have the classic hook from the last 15 years of shows, which is there's some sort of secret. We got to find out what it is, and the episodes move toward some sort of reveal. They pulled all of it off, and I, I really think this is a high-end show. I've been, I get mad at people when they tell me they're not watching it. Joanna, where does this rank for you just in, in the hierarchy of really well-done, thoughtful shows? Because I feel like it's getting there. But I also don't know if I just like the show because the music and maybe I'm overrating it. <laughs> the music's incredible. I think it's a really fun show. I have like a really great time watching it. I want to give credit to Chris. I think Chris's early enthusiasm off the screeners are what got me to watch it mm. before it dropped us. So Good like job, that. CR. Yeah. Thank Chris, you. Chris is ahead of the wave. Um, but I um, I think it's a really, really fun show. I, this is what I've said to you a couple times, Bill. But like in terms of being like an a Pantheon great show. I think what I would want to see from it is just like a little bit more 
time to reflect on the trauma rather than like running from one mystery to another. Yeah. Um, I know that Chris and I are deep into station 11 uh, right now, which is a similar sort of time-lapse trauma process, but with like so much more room there's, and there's sort of mystery questions that you're trying to solve in the time gap, but there's so much more room for like emotional reflection. And I think the best version we've seen of that so far is, when Shauna kills Adam and we're flashing back and forth between her younger self in the kitchen and all those flashes. And Melly Linsky is so good at, at showing that sort of like trembling trauma. That stuff is good. But I I think I just want, there's like 90 mysteries an episode and I want 75 mysteries and then a little bit more room for something else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I just would love to see Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci, like go to more diners and stuff, you know, like rather than solve, solve mysteries or like figure out how to dispose of bodies from the internet. I, I think that if I had one complaint, it, it does get scoobied out occasionally with like, we have to go figure out who, like, did this guy kill himself or is he, or was he murdered? And how did I lose all this money? And we got to pay off the blackmailer. And it's, they're cramming a lot of like thriller plots into that contemporary uh, storyline. And I would just be fine, like, getting to know these people a little bit better. I think that's one thing that's cool about Station Eleven is that even though, like Joanna said, there are some mysterious elements that you're never like, the point of this show is to solve the mystery. I think what we're really trying to solve is what happens in the wilderness. And what's really interesting is uh, it's worth noting that this is a Showtime show. And Showtime shows, generally speaking, run for as long as humanly possible and then break through that that endurance barrier and just keep putting out Dexter seasons. Yeah. So... I'm kind of curious what like late period Yellow Jackets looks like. I mean, we're going to have like the star of Yellow Jackets, Drew Barrymore, season five. I was going like- to say Drew Barrymore. Wow. <laughs> Just pulled that right out of my head. I, um, the Scooby yeah. point's really important. It's that's my probably my biggest criticism with the show. It's 15% a little too much Scooby Doo. Let's drift toward the mystery. But, you know, you think about it, we've only seen nine shows. The history of these shows are they usually take a little while to bake, right? Eat five, six episodes for the showrunners to kind of see everybody together to get a feel for what they're getting from the actresses. And I'm sure like, I'm sure they laid out the whole first season, but now as we head toward the end of season one, heading into season two, they kind of know who their go-to people are now. Like they're going to lean into the four modern actresses they have. And they're going to know maybe we don't do too much supernatural stuff or insinuations. There was a really good piece in um, the LA Times. They had some therapist. You guys read this? The trauma reaction yeah. piece. The trauma yeah. thing. It was, yeah. first of all, really well written by, by somebody who um, like was a therapist. Writer? But yeah. it was all about PTSD and how the show built toward episode nine, toward Shauna basically having a breakdown and all this stuff that was repressed in the island. And I felt that watching it, but the the writer really laid out in a way that I thought was easy to understand, but also like really high level. And you think like, oh, maybe this show does have a higher ceiling than I was given a credit for because all the points in that piece were correct. That was, there was a lot of really subtle, smart, high-end stuff going on that, you know, I don't think this show is going to be on the level of Breaking Bad and the all-timers, but it definitely has a chance to be on that next level. You know, it's like Chris and I in sports were always the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who's who's who could you win a Super Bowl with a QB? Who are the elite QBs? I think this is an elite show. I don't know if it's going to be an all timer, but I think it's an elite show. I think a lot is going to depend not even on this finale, because we got we got like a massive reveal in this episode that Lottie, uh, you know, by all, you know, as far as we can see, is the antler queen, as they call her. Mm. Um, 
and, and all of that. And that, that was a big mystery. We were wondering if we would know in this season, but I think to s- both of your points, what I feel from this season is a little bit of an anxiety of, of a first season of we have to hook people and we have, have to, to get clear people off the on whiteboard. The yeah. yeah, exactly. Every idea. Yeah. yeah. And it's just sort of like, we have to pack all this in. We've got to end with cliffhangers. We've got to get people excited for the next thing. We've got to get Reddit engaged and they've, they've succeeded on all levels. It's just exploded over the course of the season, the, the engagement, but I'm hoping that will give them confidence in season two to sort of slow down a little bit and spread it out a bit more and then give us those diner scenes that that Chris wants. Chris, what? who's your biggest winner from an actor standpoint in this show so far? Well, I've always, I, I've always loved Melanie Linsky and she's, I think, never gotten to do this specific kind of part. You know, over the last few years, she's been known for more like, kind of like low budget indie dramas and comedies and uh, has appeared in some Duplass stuff. But this is like, tapping into like a different like vein for her I think I think mm. she's just getting to do a lot more fun stuff and and is honestly like the comic relief that this show needs especially the contemporary one because if you're just riding the rails with Juliette Lewis you might just find yourself <laughs> flying off the side of, of the tracks you know because that can get pretty intense when she's smashing up like snack snack machines and doing blow or trying to and everything else so I yeah, love, but that's your I jam. Love you, you were hoping for Juliet Lewis relapses every two episodes. No, but it's just like, do you want to live all of your life in the second half of Goodfellas? It's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can do it in Goodfellas. It's like if it's a ten-hour show, it's tough. Uh, but I really, I've been enjoying Linsky. I think she's like, she's got such good comic timing. Yeah, and 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 that's 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 what I've been into. It's funny. There are these actors or actresses that you really like, and they never find like the absolute perfect world. Like I feel like Rosemary Duritz like this for me because I love her and Rachel getting married. And then she's been in other stuff and I've liked her, but it always, I always feel like she never found that perfect like TV role. Right. And Melody Linsky is like that too. And now, now I feel like this is like the perfect role for her. Juliet Lewis and Christina Ricci have had these moments over the years. Right. And at, now it's you're talking about three decade careers for each of them. I mean, Juliet Lewis was getting her, you know, her finger sucked by Kate, by De Niro. What what year was Cape Fear? Like 1990. Yeah, one of the most disturbing scenes I think ever in a movie. Um, one of so the most traumatic it, movies I ever saw to sleep over. Cape oh Fear. my god. Yeah, but Linsky, I don't feel like ever ever really had her moment. But I do think some of the younger actresses, this could be a launching pad for them because the one who plays Thais is great. The one who plays Sean is really, really good. And I think young Jackie, who's not that young in real life, she's probably like 24, 25. But I think that character has been really good too. The acting's high level. Because I feel like if you miss with any of those parts, the show kind of unravels a little bit. I really failed in my prompt last time we talked about this when you asked me, sort of, Bill, what Melly Linsky, like what you should know her from. Um, yeah. Heavenly Creatures is is sort of like her first big thing. And I feel yeah. like this is the first time she's really gotten to return to what she was doing in that movie with Kate Winslet. Like that, the the line from Heavenly Creatures to this is, is such an interesting one. And yeah, she's played so many of the variations along the way. My, of the young kids, my MVP is actually Sophie Thatcher, who plays young Natalie. I really, um, like she's awesome. Occasional bad wigs aside, like I really, and, and also they've been in the woods for like four months, so she should have some roots by now, but that's okay. I forgive the show for that. But, uh, but yeah, Sophie Thatcher, I think is really interesting. Yeah, I also really like the way that this uh, flips like, basically every other TV show where like the guys are the interchangeable 
dumb hot ones that you don't really remember their names at all. Like you're like, oh yeah, that guy, right, right. Oh yeah, that guy. Like you know, like they're. It's just great to sort of forget like Adam immediately. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, let's talk about the music, Chris. Some fucking bangers. I'm so proud of how good the music is in this. I, it, it was is. really important to me. Like they, this is really, really, really my era. I have playlists from every year and the whole thing. And some of the ones like Dinosaur Jr., like they they pick Smashing Pumpkins today, The World I Know from Collective Soul. They threw in a little Tracy Bonham, Mother Mother. Um, <laughs> they Dead Belly. They, I mean, they just, Mazzy Star fading you. Yeah, Geppetto was great. Yeah. PJ Harvey. Um, they did a little the pre the prodigy. I don't. What what was the Liz Fair? Did they did they dive into Liz Fair yet? How have they not done fucking run yet? Thought for sure. I thought that was a guaranteed for one of these. Super, that was, they did Supernova. It. Didn't they do Supernova? Yes, they think Liz it was Fair? Supernova because I think fucking run is off is on Guyville, which would have been pretty obscure for like New Jersey high school, but maybe, I don't know, it, it, but it would they probably would have had it that back then. Ready to go, Republica, like over and over, there's a great playlist on uh, Spotify that has all of them, but um, the music is a character in the show, which I think is a really hard thing to pull up, but I know it's you just love it. It's just really good choices, not like the obvious um, yeah. ones. Sorry, what were you going to say, Chris? Oh, no, I was just, I mean, I just love the fact that it's it actually feels like the music that the characters would listen to. Whereas yeah, it's like, like mixtape music. You could see it yeah. on a mixtape on with 30 songs grouped together. It's like they didn't let the music supervisor just go completely unchecked and just be like, here's this really good, here's the fifth good Counting Crows song. It's like, right. no, you stick to the ones that they would actually want to hear. And the Kiss from a Rose stuff is just so perfect for that. Cause it's like they all know all the words. They all like it's the song that they wanted to hear at prom. It's great. The female empowerment piece of this, Joanna. Yes. How much of this is, it's a smart theme to have in 2021 for a show and how much of it is just, we haven't seen it in a show. Because to me, I feel like it's more, this is just a cool idea for a show, a girls team and all the dynamics like we talked about last time and how that would play out if you take the dynamics of a team and yeah. completely uproot it and put it in a situation. I don't feel like it's pandery. No, no, it doesn't strike me as pandery at all. It strikes me as extremely realistic, um, especially like the fact, you know, they were talking about like what it's like to get your period in the woods and like all this sort of stuff like that. Like yeah. that's all part of it. Um, I What I do think feels it's not revolutionary because we have stuff like Big Little Lies or whatever else. But um, the amount of time we're spending with these older actresses, you know, they're, you know, they're mm -hmm. not you know, ancient, but they're, you know, Melanie Linsky and Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci and, and, um, Tawny Cypress, like these actresses might not necessarily get something so meaty where they're, you know, having sex and killing people and doing blow off of the like carpet yeah. and whatever it is, you know, this is, this is like a great venue for them. So it's not so much like just about women, but it's about women of a certain age or like, or the fact that, you know, Melanie Linsky is, she's like a suburban mom and like doing all this sort of stuff, but not in a like, weeds kind of way in a, yeah. you know, and it's, um, I, I, I love that part of it, but yeah, no, it doesn't strike me as, as super pandery girl power, all the female Avengers assemble to run the gauntlet or something like that. But, um, I think what we talked about last week and, or sorry, last time we talked about the inspiration for this being that online discussion of what, what women would do in mm. a Lord of the Fly situation, and I like this idea that we're headed towards a split, set, essentially clicks, like a split faction 
of that's the, the log line for the show is like split faction of cannibal clans in the woods. And um, <laughs> I, I do think that sort of weird clickish we saw it in this episode, the sort of like some people are having this kind of trip over here. And then Lottie becomes like an alpha running, running the minds of these girls over here. And I just, I think that's feels really true. Very true. You know, one of my nitpicks is a tiny one, but they did such a good job with like the Juliet Lewis, Christina Ricci type of nineties, just by casting those people were pulling yeah. the nineties into the show. I would have done it with uh, with Shauna's husband, who I think is fine. See, but- I actually for a while I thought that was Kit Pardue, who wow, was, would no, so that would have been there. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like you could have gone Freddie Prince Jr. There, you could have gone Josh maybe, Hartnett. Yeah, Ryan Felipe, yeah. Chris, like Chris Klein, Chris Klein, totally. Like yeah. Chris Klein would have been perfect, but. Yeah. I wish that had been somebody from that world. Like even maybe Brian Austin Green yeah. could have really gone like Back? deep dive 90s. Wow, wow, yeah, the BAG, wow. the notorious wow. BAG. But uh, yeah, they hired a no name, but he did get to do Ian the- Ziering. Wait, there's no boot book club? We did get that from that guy. So it's fine. I have a question for you too. So over the last year, over the last couple of years, limited series have become very obviously stylish because you can book- perform like bigger name stars to do something if they know they only have to do six to eight episodes or whatever. And then, you know, some of those shows then become popular and they add on seasons to them like Big Little Lies. But in the case of Yellow Jackets, and if you're on Showtime, you're shooting for, you're you're like hoping you get the golden ticket and Showtime's just like, yes, go ahead, make five seasons of this. So with that in mind and knowing that, you know, this is an incredibly popular show that's got this big cult following now, how comfortable are you if there's no there's no rescue in the last episode? Like the we're only just beginning with the back oh, and yeah. forth and stuff like that. I think we did talk about this, and I think before like mid season, Bill, yeah. you and I were like we we kind of think this could just be a one and done season. But mm-hmm. now, I mean, I know that's not their intention, but now that I've seen the pace that they're unspooling everything, I can see a few seasons, but I. I don't, you know, I don't want to Ray Donovan run for it. You know, I think it should tap out at four or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, What do you think, Bill? I don't trust Showtime's instincts on this. I think they've made a lot of mistakes over the years. I mean, Homeland, how many years extra that keep going? Billions, they were able to reinvent it by basically getting rid of Axe and bringing in a new guy, but I don't know if that's going to work, honestly. And I'm happy for our friends that they get to make more seasons, but who knows? This show, you could tell me it's 30 episodes and we're out and I'd be delighted. I think having, this has been famously discussed forever, but Lost giving themselves a finish line did give it some clarity. Now, do we agree with the choices they made the last two years? That's a topic for another discussion, but at least that show just could have kept going for seven, you know, it could have been Grey's Anatomy and it would have been a disaster. <laughs> I'm glad they wrapped it up. This show, I do feel like if we're going to introduce more characters, we have the arc of Thaisa's political campaign. Like what if she has like real office and you know, what if, what if she has real power? What if, what yeah. if her Senator Taisa? Yeah. yeah and, and she's in a position of, you know, which would explain a lot. Like if we had her as like in a real political power, but so you have that piece and they've really taken their time in the Island. What, what are we like? What do you think? We're like five, six weeks in at this point, seven no, weeks. I think it's four months, four months. All right. Yeah. Cause well, the seasons have changed. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it hasn't started to snow yet, but the seasons have changed. And I think given how pregnant Shauna is. Oh yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. The, the pregnancy, I guess, is the mm-hmm. tip off, which leads me to my next question. Yeah. <sighs> that baby's not making it. So what happens? Is I don't it, know. I, it's something. <laughs> they're not going to eat the baby, Chris. Chris, are they no, going to eat this baby? No, no, Chris, are no. You, Tell me for certain that they're not going to eat this baby. Because I think I'm it's I'm not going to guarantee anything, but that is like, that's a, like a 70s Italian horror movie. That's not a show. That's that, Snowpiercer. Like, that's what yeah. that is. <laughs> I, I can't rule it out. I'm sorry. I can't rule it out. I can't rule out what if a, some okay, sort of but what something. If we go, what if it goes more to like a dingo ate my baby? What if it's just like the wolves get the baby or something like that? Well, wow. We know the baby's not making it. I think well, that's fair to say. do we or was it raised by another? We don't know. Mm. You know, not to invoke loss too much, but like. <sighs> I think. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's not her teenage it, daughter. To be clear, the math is not line up for that. Right. But. Right. Um, yes. I like the idea of maybe. I don't know. I I, I want to believe in, in the survival of this mystery baby. daughter somewhere. Yeah. 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 If we're talking about wrinkles on the island that are going to be fun to play out, I, I would say the pregnancy is way up there. Lottie, we have to, whether there's some paranormal force or whatever, like she started speaking French with that Ouija board. Like there's something's going on with that. And we have to play that piece out. Are the men going to make it other than the one that we knew made it, Travis? Um, yeah, who's where's Javi at? Holly, where's yeah. Javi? Yeah. Well, that, there's a good Reddit theory that Javi, grown up, was the artist that uh, Sean had. Yeah. yeah. Um, under an I'm assumed st- name. I'm still not ruling it out. Because like, I'm mm. still not ruling out that there is something more going on with him. Or they... They put a very strange tattoo on that man just to drive Reddit crazy, which is maybe the case. But <laughs> oh, Reddit, like, he's got this massive back tattoo that looks all occult and weird. And it, the actor does not have that tattoo. So we have the Taisa relationship, which mm-hmm. you know is going to fall apart. And then that will probably. And get her ugly. kid having, yeah, her kid having some Lottie, Lottie qualities himself. Yeah. And then we have Jackie seemingly as an outcast. And we think it's her in the first scene of the first episode. People seem to think because she has the same necklace. I'm not 100% convinced, but there's also a lot of theories that they're not actually cannibals. That we don't, nobody actually gets eaten. Now they do tip it off. What is it? Like in the third or fourth episode, somebody mentions to the uh, to Thaisa, like, well, the, can- the cannibal senator or whatever, there's a hint that people thought there was cannibalism, but we don't know for sure that anybody gets eaten. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, it's a strong implication. Um, and it's definitely sort of like the, the rumor that's, that's dogging these women, uh, as they try to m- make their lives post accident. I would be surprised. Uh, what I think is that we're going to, if, if we split into teams, um, <laughs> I, I was probably cannibal, no cannibal, right? Right. Like there's a line in the sand and it's eating people and I'm going to be over here and you're going to be over there. So not to get too morbid about everything, but they've <laughs> mentioned they've mentioned alive a couple of times. Yeah. And the specific kind of cannibalism in alive is post-mortem. It's like their deaths can be our life, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's possible that what we're talking about is someone quote unquote slips and falls or whatever. <laughs> Oops. And then they're like to survive, we right. should like take their take their bodies. It might not be straight up like we're gonna murder you for your your meat. You know, it's like let's just make the most out of what we've got here. 
The, yeah, but the, that that wasn't insinuated in the first episode, though, and it was insinuated they were killing each other for food. I think winter is coming, though. I think like winter <laughs> will be the thing that galvanizes like yeah. the cannibalism on the show one way or the other. I think if it had been winter, and you know, Laura Lee, the the um, you know religious zealot girl who died in the plane, um, if she had died in a way that she wasn't Cinders, you know, that might be a question, right? It's perfectly good. Good, sustainable meat hanging out right there. (laughs) Yeah, true. It's a good point. Well, that was the paranormal side. What was your take on the plane crash? Because did the plane catch fire or did the teddy bear catch fire? Because if the teddy bear catches fire, now we're moving toward the lost thing. Because watching it, and I rewound it, and I watched it, and it really seemed like the teddy bear caught on fire, which would insinuate there's sinister forces. What was your take? Chris, what do you think? I think that there is a little bit of what you were talking about at the beginning of this episode, which is the unreliable narrator and Laura Lee seeing something maybe that was just like a mechanical fire. Yeah. If it's not that, like if I, I don't know, like really how a teddy bear just bursts into flames, but if there's some sort of uh, sabotage going on, I think that that's pretty, pretty relevant. I, I don't, I don't really, I, I was kind of like, that feels like, half of Laura Lee's vision and half of this plane's been sitting here for God knows how long and just blew up after, yeah. after it warmed up. That was my, that was my take on it. Um, mm. I, I would choose a non-paranormal interpretation, like wherever I, whatever backbends I have to do to make that work. Like the, the deer with the bloody antlers, the stag with the bloody antlers that she saw. I'm just sort yeah. of like, I, I need to believe that this is all about being <laughs> off your medication. And something else. Um, I just think it's a better show if that's the case. Um, Joanna, who's your who's your number one draft pick for Jackie coming back for the reunion as an actress? Oh, I mean, I I I'm on the Robin Tunney train. That's okay. I I just thought of another one. Oh, hit me. What is it? Little Claire Danes. See. And I was wondering about this. I just don't know if Claire Danes has like that much of a sense of humor about the nineties. Like I, don't, I, I just, don't, or just, just I has Claire Danes ever done anything this fun, like being in Yellow Jackets? So you're thinking more Kate Beckinsale? Wow, because you're like, wow. if I can't have one broke down Palace actor, yeah, someone like, have another. We're, we're a second, we went to Claire Danes. She turned us down. I was thinking Claire Danes for the Showtime piece, but sure, yeah. yeah. Well, the uh, other I'm, thing I'm, they I was trying to think this, of other WB uh, actresses. A little, a little Joey Potter, Katie Holmes. Yeah, I was just thinking. Oh, Katie Holmes. I was thinking anybody oh from any horror movie from '96 to 2000, basically. I think Rose McGowan probably has probably would not be cast, but would also right. be great on this show. A Jennifer <laughs> but, Love Hewitt. I would be <laughs> delighted to see oh Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh my God. J-Love? <laughs> no one loses yeah. mind. Oh my God. I'm so, I still have J-Love stock. Mm. That'd be amazing. Nev um, Campbell. I don't know. Screams in theaters. So can all I right, let's do predictions. Let's wrap it up with predictions. Um, we should mention, I didn't mention this early. Joanne and I were texting during like the five, six, seven run. And it did those, I, th- I did think, I think, Maybe it was five and six, maybe it was six and seven, but it did feel a little padded mm-hmm. midway through the season. Like, I think this could have been an eight or a nine episode season. They strung it out a little, but I think eight and nine were really good. And even as some people didn't like the plane crash, I personally liked it because it was like, hope, oh no, we're stuck here. This is a wrap. 
And then it's like, all right, now things can get weird. Nine usually is the best episode in a 10 episode season, but 10 is important because we're going to be wrapping up stuff, but also propelling. So give us reunion predictions, Joanna. I, I, I mean, my dream would be that Van shows up. My dream would be that she's played by Drew Barrymore. Um, who played wow. Liv Houston's who played Liv Houston's mom, the actress's mom on Santa Clarita Diet. So um yeah, Drew Barrymore with a little facial scarring uh and a ginger uh you know dye job. I the, feel like that would have yeah. come out. I think she Drew Barrymore would have blown it on Twitter or on her talk show on her that talk she show. was on. <laughs> had a yellow jackets cameo. Yeah. <laughs> that she had like Dax Shepard on her on her show and she's just like, <laughs> yeah. by the way, yeah. you know, I'm so excited about yellow jackets. <laughs> um I am not going to make a specific plot prediction. I'm just going to point out that according to Wikipedia and like IMDb and everything, that the director of the 10th episode is Eduardo Sanchez, who is the director of the Blair Witch Project. So, Oh, oh I'm going to be scared is what you're telling me. I think possibly motion gonna, sick. I, I think we're going to have some <laughs> handheld running around the woods. I got so much in sick when I saw Blair Witch. In Dude, the maybe Heather Donahue should come back for the continue. Yes. <laughs> oh my wow. God. What is she up to? Wow. That's a good one. So, yeah, also the finale is titled Sick Transit Gloria Mundi, which is, you know, what we say when we anoint a new pope. So yeah. I don't know if there will uh, be some sort of like official crowning of something. Of Lottie? Yeah. She already Christy, has her crown. I don't know why she needs a ceremony, but sure. Christy, you want me to start introducing you as the Antler King or no? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That's, that's why I'm always wearing a hat. I got to cover the oh, antlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the one thing we need to figure out is did anybody else know who Adam, the artist who she Sean ends up stabbing in episode nine, did any of the other girls slash ladies know who that was? Were they involved in any way? And what were his motivations for getting involved with Shauna? Did, was it, I just fell in love with this person after I rear-ended her? Was it more sinister? Was he working with somebody? And there's a theory that the Christina Ricci character, who's the only one that hasn't been in the room and seen his dead body yet, Maybe they that were they were both together. citizen detectives, yeah, yeah. That that it's Christina I don't know. Ricci's, there's something there. Oh no, 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 there definitely is. I was I was uh, that shake of the head was my reaction to how much I love Christina Ricci in this role and like the interaction between Misty and the fake reporter that she has captive. Yeah, Jessica, Inc- yeah. incredible stuff. <laughs> um, but the Reddit detectives noticed that Adam had like a camcorder, like an older camcorder on his bedside table um like when they were sort of looking through looking for when Sean was looking for the journals and uh and they were like well, why would you have I mean he's an artist so perhaps he's a multimedia artist I don't know but a lot of people think maybe there's tapes on there something I don't know we'll see um mm. but yeah I think there has to be something more going on yeah the whole Adam. like no internet footprint for that yeah. guy doesn't yeah. Yeah, that's that doesn't work that way yeah well, so. last time we did this, I gave Joanna my biggest nitpick of, of the show for the first four episodes, which was the horrendous soccer soccer scenes, which <laughs> is just something that we just, as a society, just haven't rallied around how to make girls soccer better in TVs and movies. I just don't understand it, but I, whatever. My nitpick this time. Mm. So she has a safe. She has mm-hmm. these diaries in there that have all these incriminating things. It says there's so much interest in this team that they survived. And we know like over and over again, people have rallied back, come back. She lives in this pretty nondescript house. And the combination to the safe is 2525, the flight number for the plane that crashed. 
what the fuck, Shauna? Like, <laughs> and Shauna's so smart, allegedly. Twenty-five, twenty-five is your safe combination, really? That's like one of the first three <laughs> things the, they're gonna guess. It's not. I just she's living in some yeah. Beverly Hills mansion where it's like impossible to get in, and then it's you know you have this high. She has this basic safe she bought at like fucking Target, and then the flight com- the combination for it is twenty-five, twenty-five. I thought that was absurd. I uh, just watched the last episode of Mayor of Kingstown, which I highly recommend if you're deranged. But <laughs> they unlock a meth dealer's phone because his combo is just his his password is just his street address, which I was just like, on one hand, I'm actually impressed with the meth dealer for having it not be one 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 one. But it was it was a, I think that we're as a society failing password protection in television shows. Yeah, hundred percent. But I'm positive the flight number cannot be the password of the safe. But anyway, it, it allowed us to move the plot along. I also, even though I didn't like some of the middle episodes, I really liked when she was at the club and saw the girl in the yellow jacket uh, uniform and had the flashback and it turned out it was her daughter. I thought that was a really good scene. And even better, I think follow-up was um, the next morning when her daughter tries to blackmail her and then Shauna just mind wipes her. It's uh, fantastic. I want to see Shauna do more of that. More of Shauna just completely manipulating people into the ground. Uh, she's incredible. I liked in this episode, I, a thing I really liked is that we saw sort of the origin of the masks. Because your question is like, how yeah. do these girls get from this to whatever it is we saw in, in the pilot? And the the idea that it starts with like Van and Tyson and all of that, I thought was really smart. Um, what yeah. happens to the reporter in the basement? And how um, does she go to the bathroom? Which is always my question with these. You're handcuffed to a chair is day a, after is day. Is it a bucket? Oh, I think no. they're doing bedpans, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I think Misty would definitely like have no trouble. Well, yeah, she works She works in a care home. She's she would a, have no trouble. Yeah. She would have no trouble with that. Well, something that that um, I hadn't noticed, but the Reddit detectives pointed out, is that when Misty's talking to her, like when she has the bold lip on, she's talking to her, she's wearing like coveralls and gloves. And they're like, I'm pretty sure she would have died right then and there if... <laughs> Uh, if Juliet Lewis hadn't shown up. <laughs> right. Um, but well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So there's two types of people in the age, two types of men between the ages of like 35 and 55. <laughs> are you in on Christina Ricci or are you out? They all work for the ringer. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I've never been a, a Ricci person, but fantasy loves Christina Ricci. Where, where do you stand, Chris? Oh, I was. I think I was raised more by Juliet Lewis than Ricci. I was. Yeah, I'm more. more like, I'm more Juliet Lewis side than California than Ricci. But I think the Adams family just creeped me out, and I never got by it. I think that, Rich, I think Christina Ricci always has this like slightly affected um, way about her in all of her performances. So she's never struck me as like a tremendously great actress. That being said, I think this this role is perfect for her yes. because Misty is constantly putting on. You yeah, know, uh, agree. Uh, you know, demeanor. I never would have thought that she was born to play Kathy Bates in Misery, but it it it's yeah. it's happening. Yeah, I think she's phenomenal in this. That's yeah. a good point. And the amount of Andrew Lloyd Webber coming out of Misty's car <laughs> like, cannot be understated. It's incredible stuff. Incredible. If you had to pick one person to die in episode ten that you think is realistic, who would it be? Young or old? Could be either. Oh wow. Um. Oh, Coach Ben, right? Coach Ben has to go pretty soon. Because I think, I don't think you get to full um, cannibal queen anarchy uh, if if you're remaining adults. Right. Uh, so, and we know that so Travis gets off. 
And yeah. I wonder also if Ben is is one of Misty's first victims, you know? Like, like is, is Ben is Misty's first time killing someone or something like that? You never forget your first, Chris. That's right. <laughs> Chris, my last question for you. I don't think we've had the wallflowers yet. Could episode 10, could this be it? Could we get a little Sixth so, Avenue heartache or one headline? Or one headline. headline. Is, this, yeah. is this the moment? Is this I it? Don't, <laughs> I, was, I was personally holding out for gym blossoms, but wallflowers would be oh. good. Yeah. Little Everclear? We haven't had Everclear yet either. I don't know where they've been. I don't know what... what Everclear's got to be like, what the hell? We're right here. When Juliette Lewis moves to California at the end of the season, we get Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh, I was just looking up when Fa- The Way by Fastball came out, but it was 97. So too late, I guess, for this. Or 98, but... Everclear's sitting there. I don't know. I know Joanna saw Euphoria, but the Euphoria, they took the music budget and like quintupled it this season. <laughs> It to com- afford it comes Steely with- Dan. Yeah, it comes right out. They hit him up by Tupac. <laughs> yeah. That had to have been like three hundred thousand dollars. But uh, but yeah, I think there's some there's some good ones left for this one. All right, Chris, what's your final grade for the season so far? Oh, uh, a a minus B plus, just because of the uh, just because of some of the scoobying around and and whatever like the padding. But yeah, this has been a little delightful. I I put it in my top ten. It's 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 been awesome. Joanna. Same A minus B plus. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Am I gonna Am I gonna think about it long after this season finale? No, but I'm having so much fun <laughs> week to week and watching people get so excited about it. And none of us have screeners for for episode ten, so we don't know. Maybe Correct. we'll hear. You think we'll think this will be episode ten? We haven't had cake yet either. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna put this nine. I have a 1996 playlist that I'm just putting on the Instagram. Today. Somebody made a playlist like of all the bad Broadway Misty must have been listening to for the last like couple of decades. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Oh, do you think uh, Misty was a Gleek? Do you think she watched Glee? I definitely think she did. Oh, oh my 100%. God, yeah. She loved Glee. She was so mad when Glee got canceled. All right, Joanna, we can hear you on the Prestige Pod. You're going to be doing Station Eleven. And Euphoria. And, Oz- and Ozark, right? Oh, am I and doing Euphoria. Ozark? Wow, I think, I'll I think be you here. might be doing Ozark too. Wow, Chris, be- did you talk Shay into doing Mayor of Kingstown tomorrow? <laughs> wow, congratulations, <laughs> Shay! I made Shay watch ten hours of Mayor of Kingstown, and I think he got caught in multiple strip club scenes by his children, like watching, <laughs> watching like some of the strip club scenes in Kingstown, and he was like, "I got caught by my child again today. I have to watch the rest later." <laughs> Chris sent me a panic text a couple of days ago that there was a double episode prison riot sequence in mayor of Kingstown. And is anyone else watching this? It was honestly, you were like a kid outside in recess with no one to play (laughs) ball with just searching for a playmate. And then finally you found one at Chase Serrano. All right. This episode was produced by Kai McMullen. We will be back on prestige. I hope you listen to the euphoria episode we did on Sunday night and we have a bunch more coming and we are going to be ramping it to gear. We have a lot of good shows coming. Ozark will be covered on the watch as well, obviously, and Station Eleven will as well. And uh, it was good to see both of you. Good to see you. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, 
a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.